S-E-X-Y-A-N-I-M-A-L-A-A Sexy Animals! Welcome back to Drunk Confessions. I'm your host, Mia. Mio. Big Mio. A mischievous independent asshole. Whatever feels right. This is episode six. (laughs) And to kick off this special ep, I have a special friend with me. Hello, Big Weather Mio. It is your boy, Ross Tate. <laughs> I am an aspiring porn star, OnlyFans creator, and openly gay homosexual male. We're going to be talking about sex work in the city, the dirty little city of Toronto. We're going to be talking about coming out and what that was like, heterosexual experiences versus gay experience, and last but not least, how the hell you incorporate sex work into a monogamous relationship. So, without further ado, intro. You gotta say now with me. Ready? Yep. Nah. We'll try it one more time. Intro. Nah. (laughs) Nah. anecdote about me just to let you feel a little bit more comfortable on here with our millions of millions of listeners so the summer before going into university I remember being at my good friend V's house who's been on this podcast and I was in her bathroom with all of my hat in this like in this hat what did I just oh my god god. I had all of my hair in this big toque and I was looking at myself in the mirror and I had this massive shirt on and I looked at myself and said I'm going to be so gay when I go downtown. And it wasn't even like a conscious choice I was making. I just was calling it. I was manifesting it. And lo and behold, I had a a very interesting first gay, first and only gay experience uh, my first summer after university. Mm. And when I told people after this, nobody was surprised. I don't know if it's because I called it. I don't know if it's because I've always been a little bit on the masculine or boyish side. But no one was surprised. I remember even telling my brother, he's like, no, for sure, me. Like, everybody knew that already. And I'm like, oh, oh my shit, God. true. I know. And so I've been straight ever since. I think she really set me on the straight and narrow and told me to never come back. Um, but that was my gay experience. So now we're going to, you know, shift over. Guys, we're not going to be hearing my voice a lot, just a lot of Ross Tates. Um, so how would you describe your sexuality now? Okay, well, first of all, Big Weather Mio, I want to start off by saying that's an incredible story about you exploring your own sexuality. I really appreciate it, and I'm definitely here for it. Now, Thank you. let's dive in to mine. So, yes. where to start? Where to start? Okay, so I oh, wasn't was always gay. I wasn't always gay. Well, I guess I was, okay. but I was very, very straight presenting for a long time. Um, yeah. Basically, all through high school. All through high school, I was straight. I had all these girls, girlfriends. I had one. Ooh, a a real ladies man. (laughs) I was a real ladies man. You know why? Because I was more similar to a lady than I was to a man. I think I knew I was gay around the seventh grade. So it was like really difficult going through high school, like not really knowing why things like weren't as important to me, like BJ's hand jobs, like sex, like why I wasn't in like this crazy rush. 
I don't know. I guess it just didn't, like, vaginas just really didn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Eventually, so I got a girlfriend in the 10, 11th grade of high school. We dated for three and a half years, so we dated for a long time, and she was actually the reason that um, I got to do a lot of my firsts. I got to do a lot of... Um, I struck a home run, basically. We did base one, nice. base two, base three, and base four. We did it all, all the way around the globe. And you know what? It was fantastic. It was amazing. Really? I didn't, yeah. You know what? That's the weird part is I look back on our sexual experiences. And you know what? Despite only having sex like four or five times, like it mm-hmm. was fine. Manageable. Interesting. Like. Because you know what? I have a lot of gay friends who don't associate it all with the genitalia of the opposite gender Mm, they're grossed mm -hmm. out by it completely like ew a a vagina are you kidding gross well trixie mattel actually has a really cool theory about gold card gays and platinum card gays a gold card gay is when you came out of your mother thus made contact with her genitalia but you never had a girlfriend you were gay from the get-go but then a platinum card gay is someone who came out via c-section and oh. has never touched of a JJ. So they have never oh. been in contact with a JJ in their life. Wow. So using the lovely world famous drag queen Trixie Mattel's um, logic, I'm probably like a bronze card gay because not only have I mm-hmm. seen a vagine, I've also entered a vagine. Gross. Enter entered. One. Yeah. Yeah, with automatic doors. Okay, so tell me a little bit about when you started because i feel like for a lot of people and correct me if i'm wrong they know they're gay before they just come out and say guys i'm gay now 100 they've done a little bit of experimenting they've done a little bit of introspection so tell me about the conversations that you had leading up to it or even the experiences you may have had like i said i definitely knew i was gay in the seventh grade that was that's like a very defining timeline for me because in the seventh grade like in middle school you're kind of like going through puberty and realizing your sexual preference and like think people start talking about sex and stuff around that time Mm -hmm. so i already knew i was different i already knew that because i wasn't involved in those conversations as much as the other boys like i didn't Mm -hmm. like sports didn't like all those things the boys were starting to like i knew i was different anyways moving into high school i definitely got more and more intense feelings about men to this point i'd only ever watched gay porn never in my life have i seen straight porn at this point I know more about gay sex than I do about straight sex, and yet I want to have straight sex. Anyways, it was really weird. Going into university, I was still dating um, that girl who gave me my home run. And at that point, um, I had already had my first gay experience. What? Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Oh my God, tell us more. Okay, so I went to this camp. And I know you're not going to believe me, it's a camp story, but this happened, okay? I swear on my left testicle that this is a true story. There was this guy, very stereotypically stocky looking, athletic build, played football. So you can paint yourself a picture there of this delicious man. One night, I snuck out of my tent. Ooh. And we started playing a game of Are You Nervous? Because I didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. We didn't know what we were doing. We just both knew we wanted to do it. And so, you know, our hands are reaching up people's, you know, the shorts and whatever. We start to feel some stuff. And then I ended up giving him a hand job. Huh. Um, and what were you feeling while that was happening? Tired. I was really tired. You would think it's familiar to jerk someone else off. It is not. It's a whole different muscle group. I swear to God. The other side of my wrist was hurting. Anyways, okay, so that happens. And then I'm like, okay, cool. That was a one-time thing. Amazing. Let's go date a girl. 
dated a girl, did that, and then let's skip forward to university. So I move in with these roommates, very non-descript roommates, very, very basic roommates. But anyways, first and second year dating this girl, third year, we break up. Uh-oh. And here's why. I didn't like her. But also, one month before we broke up, we broke up in January of 2019. So in December of, 29, of 2018, me and my roommate, we had a really intense conversation about how I need to be true to myself, about how much he hates my girlfriend, about how much she's the wrong person for me, about how much he knows I'm lying to myself. That's ballsy. Yeah, and he'd been having these conversations with me for the past like couple weeks and months leading up to January of 2019. He did not like this girl in my life at all, and he was very vocal about it. Interesting, okay. So eventually, that conversation we had in December, that was like a really pivotal moment for me because I was like, okay, it's late December. It's snowy outside. (laughs) It's snowy outside. Me and this roommate had hooked up. He cheated on his girlfriend with me. I cheated on my girlfriend with him. Okay, so I think that makes more sense as to why he was so vocal about your girlfriend then. But here's the weird thing. He did it because he was on a power trip. He needed to prove that he was better Mm -hmm. than me and he was extorting my hidden homosexuality. Christmas break for school hits. Late December, Christmas break for school hits. We have that really deep conversation about how much he doesn't like this girl I'm with. So Mm -hmm. um, we get back from Christmas break and I break up with her two days before our four-year anniversary. Wow. (laughs) And I haven't talked to her since. And it turns out that she has since actually come out as a lesbian and currently has a girlfriend. Don't you love that for a full circle fucking story? Holy shit. Okay, tell me about the story of you coming out and how you mustered up the courage and how your family and friends took the news. Okay, so like I said, I broke up with my girlfriend January of 2019 and I had a few... I had zero experience under my belt. I had a little bit of experience, but zero. So I didn't waste any time jumping into the gay community. Like, I was having sex left, right, and center, learning everything about my body. And then... I met this amazing boy who ended up changing my life. Okay, so I came out on Instagram. I just posted okay. with my with my boyfriend and I was like changing teams cuz it was hockey season or something. And I was trying to be relatable for the straights. And you're a jock. And I'm a jock. So. And my mom decided to comment um in surprise saying, you know, quote, is this how you're telling me? unquote. I wasn't scared at all because my family has always been very very open and accepting. Even though I was raised very heavily Christian, it was, I, I always felt like I was accepted. And I always felt like whatever I brought to them, it would be fine because I know they love me. I was more nervous to admit it to myself, if I'm being honest. Like, I didn't care if anyone else knew. I just wanted to keep denying it. If we do have any younger listeners or just listeners who, you know, are going through the same thing, what would your advice be to them? Just be gay, bro. Priyanka said it best on Canada's Drag Race. Just be gay. If you want to suck a dick, suck a dick. You want to give a handy, give a handy. You want to fuck a vag, go ahead and fuck a vag. Obviously, all of these are with absolute consent throughout the entire sexual experience. Amen to that, yes. If you want to do it, bro, fucking do it. There is literally no reason that you are worried about Dick, Mary, and Jane's fucking opinions. If you want to be happy, be happy. 
Facts. 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 Don't let the opinions of your family overrule you. Religion, Mm-mm. history, Mm-mm. geography, Mm-mm. fucking nah. Zoom class. Yeah. Don't let anything <laughs> stop you. If you want to suck a dick, suck a dick. Suck a dick. All right. <laughs> suck a dick. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Ross Tate, Mr. Tate, if I may, you were telling me that after you came out, you decided to just, you know, find out the lay of the land, explore a little, become a little whorish, if I may. So something that you've told me off record is that you're a sex worker. So tell me how the fuck you got into that and what it's like in the city of Toronto. Well, first of all, being gay and willing and in the city of Toronto is what I call the perfect storm for orgies. It's a trifecta. It's the trifecta. You know, you have all those three things. It's really easy to find meaningless sex. And through the world-famous dating app Grindr, you're able (laughs) to find instant connections that are instant and momentary. But Mm -hmm. there will be every so often those random requests in in your inbox, you know, saying, hey, how are you, from an older man wanting to compensate you for your time because he knows that he doesn't have much to offer sexually. Now, you're gonna want to block 99.999% of those people because that percentage of them are literally serial killers. However, that 0.000001% of men actually will pay you for your time. Okay, so you're on Grindr, Mm -hmm. the world famous app. Mm You get a message from an older man who says, let me pay you to stick my pee-pee in your butthole. They say exactly that too sometimes. How do you decide that this is the one? Since you do get all those messages, you just have to be straight up with it and send your price. So whenever I get a message saying, um, you know, hey, you're so hot, let's do this and this and this, I would just send my number. This is how much it's gonna cost. Because that way, I'm not wasting any time. They either don't respond, they block me, whatever. And then you get that 0.0001% that actually says, oh, that's fine. Because you have to remember, you're the commodity. And whatever you want to be paid, you will be paid if you wait long enough. Okay, so you're going through this list of people because you're so fucking famous on this fucking famous app. (laughs) <laughs> and you're t- being told you're hot left, right, and center. You find a guy who's willing to pay your price. What next? How will you determine that this person will be safe? And what were your stresses going in? Okay, well, how you'll determine they're safe is moving your conversation to different social media platforms. So since Grindr okay. doesn't require a lot of two-factor authentication, it's really smart to move a conversation off Grindr to Snapchat or Instagram because that way you have a way of at least knowing they're a person. Step one is definitely making sure they they exist, they're in your city, and they're as they describe. That's step one. Step two is building that relationship because as much as sex work is transactional, you Mm -hmm. are offering something in exchange for something. You know, it's the oldest trick in the book. I have something you want and you have something I want. So let's throw it all in the pot and fuck it out. (laughs) Let's get that kettle boiling, baby. Okay, so besides or including sex work and you're new to the gay scene, I mean, even up till now, till January 2021, you've only been really in the gay scene for two years. Mm -hmm. So 
within that amount of time, like, do you have a crazy story, a crazy experience, just something where you're like, holy shit, this is so wild and I'm so here for it. Okay, so immediately off the bat, um, one time I was invited to a party, Mm -hmm. a collective of men at um, a hotel in downtown Toronto. I was not being compensated financially for this. It's, this okay. was purely enjoyment and honestly a lot of curiosity. And a promotion. It was a promotional event. It was my promotional night out to do my rounds and make sure that everyone knows I'm on the market, I'm available. Nice. That kind of thing. Anyways, that was a crazy night. There was, I think, nine, eight or nine people there. And I don't recall there being a lot of bottoms. I recall doing oh, wow. a lot of I recall doing a lot of the work. However, towards the end of the night things got fuzzy, so I'm really I'm really not sure. <laughs> so you know, I just want to say like you know, I think in the in the straight scene and especially in like elementary school health class education, people are really taught about like safe heterosexual sex, right? And then they're like, "Don't get AIDS, by the way, that's the gay thing." I feel like that's still what the leaving message is. So at these orgies or at these parties or with these sugar daddies, how do you guarantee safety there? Okay, definitely safety is priority one because yes, there's a lot of misinformation around gay people in general, but yeah. a stereotype exists because it's has grounding in popular belief, you know? So mm-hmm. yes, HIV can be transmitted to women as well, but... Being a bottom, the transmission rates are much, much, much higher. And if you are, um, if you are gay or you're, you're first coming out as gay, it's so, so, so important you educate yourself on um, HIV transmission rates, um, how they differ between tops and bottoms, how the transmission actually occurs, why it occurs, because it is actually really difficult to get HIV if you do things smart. So... Condoms, absolutely. There is this beautiful invention called PrEP. It stands for pre-exposure phylaxis, something like something like that. It is basically, if HIV is a baby, it's birth control. It is a pill I take every day, me and my partner take every single day, that build up antibodies to prevent HIV from staying within our body. Interesting. So it only works against HIV. It does not work against any other STIs. Is it covered by... And it um, is covered. It is covered if you're under 25. It's covered by the government and it's covered by most basic health insurance plans. That's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. Is. You know, I was going to ask I was going to ask you what's something that a lot that not a lot of people know about either the gay community or being a sugar baby, but I think that's a great one. I think no. that's it's fun. Absolutely. It's healthy. It's easy. <laughs> you know? It's really easy because you know what? Condoms are easy too, but a lot of the times they don't get used properly or used at all. So prep is just an amazing way to know that you are safe. If something goes wrong, if the condom breaks, if he decides not to put it on, even though he told you he would, if mm-hmm. anything happens, you are protected. And that's all that matters is prep is like, I use prep as a secondary kind of protection measure because- yeah. You really, you really can never be too sure. And you can be undetectable on HIV, with HIV. You can be undetectable, which basically means you have HIV, you are HIV positive, but you're taking medication that makes it 100% non-transmittable. 
Like Magic Johnson? Absolutely. So Magic Johnson gets diagnosed with HIV. Everyone has access to um, these medications, but Magic Johnson's a great example because he's popular and famous. So Magic Johnson gets yeah. HIV and he um, takes these medications, again, available to everyone. They don't kill the virus. They just kind of block it from being transmitted to other people. So if you are taking these medications regularly and properly, there is no way that you can transmit HIV to a sexual partner. Wow. So post-exposure phylaxis is, is like plan B. It's like, oh shit, I don't know. Okay. Wow, I did not know any of that. Anything Thank the girl the world insight. can do, the gays can do better. <laughs> okay, fuck you. It's not a competition, <laughs> asshole. Okay, we're moving on. Steve, put the music now. Mr. Tate, mm. we're going to take our first two topics, okay? So first, you're gay. Super gay. And then we're going to also talk about the second topic of you being a sex worker. But you also have a boyfriend who you're in a monogamous, committed relationship with. Yes. So upon that being true, how has that impacted your sex work? Have you continued? Have you stopped? So, yes, we have continued. That, that, is the, that is the simple answer, is that it never stopped. Okay. Okay, so sex work with a partner is very the same. You know, you both are offering something that someone else wants to pay for. But when you're in a relationship, there's obviously more to think about because, you know, you both do very different things and you've kind of already completed your puzzle. So it's like, where is this third person going to fit in and what are we going to charge them for? So mm. it, it just, it, it becomes more about communication, more about what you want to see, what I want to see, what feels good, what doesn't, what we like, what we don't. Because yeah. again, you have to think of it like this. You are the desirable product. It's a really yeah. narcissistic, condescending way to think. But if you don't think like that, you will get yourself in trouble because it's really easy to fall victim to people pressuring you to do things, telling you to do something you don't want to do using really, really nice language but mm -hmm. you are a prize and people have to earn the prize. Anyways, I'm not saying I'm a prize. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's an easier way to think that also protects you. Yeah, no, you sound like a fucking philosopher. I'm like, why did I even minor in philosophy when I have Mr. Oh, Tate here to fucking was... inspire me? I've got goosebumps. Oh my goodness, me too, actually. I think that's unrelated, but yeah. Anyway, so sex work with a partner, definitely feasible, definitely doable. You need a lot of communication and... Honestly, you need a lot of love. Like me and my partner, we have such a profound and deep love for each other that it's honestly to the point of I wouldn't want him to not get everything sexually that he wants. Like we're both so young, you know, I'm 21, he's 25. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm getting a note from my editor that he's 24, not 25. <laughs> okay, no problem. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. You need, you need to have a connection within yourselves before you expand. That is so crucial because yep. um, you need to be sound in your relationship and be able to read each other's emotions and facial expressions and just know how that other person is feeling. Sometimes, most of the time, non-verbally. So For sure. Yeah, it's, it's really important that you build a strong base before you start throwing your legs up, for lack of a better term. Okay, so what do you guys do? How are you being sex workers? Talk me through that. 
Okay, well, it's pretty easy because we kind of attract a niche market of people that are comfortable being a third because that's a lot in itself. Comfortable being mm-hmm. a third and also entering someone else's relationship. So it almost makes it easier because you kind of like whittle out the weirdos in a sense. For sure. So you just have to establish kind of your price points. You know, are we going to charge one flat rate like I did before for a full round service? You know, tip to taint lick kind of thing. Or, you know, are we going to have like stages? Are we going to have like, you know, this is option A, B, C, and then option D is obviously the full package. So, or yeah, like appetizer, entree, and dessert. For yeah. Sure. So you know what? And then you you make those you make those different price points because not only does that tr- attract more people, because you know what? Not everyone's always in the mood to fuck. Sometimes people are just in the mood to get blown. Sometimes they just want a BJ. Sometimes they just want to give a BJ. They just want to jerk yeah. off on you. You know, like it's yeah, yeah. You need to have options for people that isn't necessarily sex, and also you can make those options. I mean, I'm gonna say cheaper, but. Like a, like a smidge, smidge, smidge cheaper, just so they feel like they're getting a good deal. That makes total that Honestly, on a business aspect, that makes complete sense. Yeah, I'm I'm, yeah we're basically business owners. You're entrepreneurs. Like, you can probably get the $40,000 federal government plan. <laughs> okay, so is this always in person, or is this, like, strictly online? Like, what are you guys doing? Since there is a global pandemic... Um, oh, really? <laughs> had noticed. <laughs> hmm. We have a pretty intense vetting process, and we've actually slowed down a lot because of the pandemic. And the people that do come over, we do ask them questions like, have you been out of the country? You know, are you feeling sick kind of thing? Yeah, you're basically a Uniqlo. Yeah, we're basically a Uniqlo with the temperature gun at the front door saying, okay, you may enter us. Please come in. <laughs> you may enter us. I love it. Um... But yeah, we, it's very difficult with the pandemic, but same kind of thing. You know, we're doing it together out of love because we're both hoarse. Honestly, the biggest thing I can suggest is if you do end up ever opening up your relationship, you've built that trust, you've decided to invite some people over post-quarantine, obviously. Make sure you're having fun. Like, do it because you want to have fun, not because of any other reason, not because you feel obligated to, not because you want to do it to save your relationship. Do it because you want to fuck and because you want to have fun with your partner yeah no I honestly what I think my advice would be is that even if it's not with other people even if it's just with your partner your body is never going to look like how it looks right now you are so gorgeous and young and in your youth right now fucking tape yourselves take pictures of yourselves oh yeah fucking remember and document these moments because that'll build trust with your partner whether you guys are filming like you know 30 minute videos with scripts and you're wearing a fucking nursing outfit or if it's just you on top of them naked um but i guess that brings us to the end of the episode and in drunk confessions honor we have to do a drunk confession Okay, so the drunk confession goes like this. You go, forgive me, Father Larry, for I have sinned. Um, And then you just say something bad, either something bad you've done during the week, or if you want to just broaden it, something bad you've done in your life. That's a funny story and you want to share. Okay. Forgive me, Father Larry, for I have sinned. This one time, the roommate that I mentioned before who gave me some of my introductory gay sexual experiences... We put a little fun tab on our tongue and we went to Allen Gardens. I must have spent the first 20 minutes of that trip. That has two meanings there, kids. Pay attention. 
of that trip, <laughs> um, staring in the big grand room, staring at this massive leaf, having a conversation with my roommate who was there with me because you never trip alone, ever. Eventually, I feel a tap on my shoulder. I turn around, it's a security guard who asks me if I wanna know what kind of plant this is that I've been staring at for the last 20 minutes. I said, I'm allergic as I've been rubbing it. And then I turned to grab my roommate who I assumed was right beside me because of our conversation. He was staring directly at me from across the entire room. <laughs> so not only did I experience a telepathic conversation that day, I was also scared shitless by local authorities. And Allen Gardens, if you guys have never been there, is just like one long stretch of different plants, but it's like one long pathway, so. Pretty much. <laughs> okay, my turn. <laughs> Your turn. Um, <clears throat> Forgive me, Father Larry, for I, too, have sinned. Mm. We've been talking about drag queens so much, so I feel like I should just tell a story from my 21st birthday that Ross Tate himself was present at. <gasps> um, so he took us to the gay village in Toronto. Anyways, we're at this uh, drag bar. I guess, would that be what you call it? Yeah, a drag bar where um, local men dress up as women for money. Perfect. Thanks. Okay. So there's one performance going on and I'm so into it. I just want to go on stage. And I think it was a $5 bill that I had rolled up and put into my mouth just to give to the dancer. Mm -hmm. And she came up to me, took the $5 with her hand, because I want her to take it with her mouth, then like a really sexy way, took it with her hand and then proceeded to come down and just lay one right on me. They love that. It was great. I don't know how many people can say they've kissed a drag queen, but I win. I win. You do win. And to be kissed by a drag queen is not only disgusting, but you should get tested. Um, not only is it a privilege, Ross, but it's an honor. <laughs> so get fucked. Okay, this was The Rundown with Ross Tate. Thank you so much for coming on. I would just like to thank Big Weather Mio. And everybody should be gay. Everyone should just be gay. Just be gay. Okay, take it easy. Bye. Bye. Bye.